0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com Slash retail 23 slash retail 23
2: hello everybody and welcome to Ramble Reacts. Manchester you have one foot in the semi-final of the Champions League. It's Wednesday 12th of April. I'm Marcus Speller.
3: And I'm Luke Moore.
2: Greetings, listeners. Greetings, indeed. My goodness, what a quarterfinal first leg we witnessed last night at the Etihad. Luke Moore. There are Hello. there are performances in the Champions League that we've seen throughout the ages and throughout the years. We thought, oh, that, that was big. They've turned the screw. They've really, really put a statement out there. How big a statement to the rest of Europe's elite was that from Manchester City?
3: It was big, wasn't it? It was very big. As statements go, it was forty-six font point font. Yeah, big, a big. Um, they've moved it. They've changed it from Times New Roman, which is, of course, is the default font mm. on Microsoft Word. Yep. I mean, I'm a Google Docs man, but I, I think from memory, it's, it's, it's Times New Roman is a default font. They've changed it to probably mm. Georgia, which is my preferred font, and they've banged it up there yeah. on a massive billboard, and they've said statement. Here we go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A bigger statement than that um, whole noisy neighbours, Carlos Tevez thing.
3: That was great. Yeah. I really forgot about that. That was actually really good. I <laughs> uh, no, look, look, I think it was a, a really interesting game and it was a really like impressive move through the gears mm. by Man City, wasn't it? Because uh, they wouldn't the go 3-0 eventually, but the first half particularly was a very kind of, high quality, mm-hmm. tit for tat, quite poised game. And then um Rodri scores a goal from nowhere. An oh, absolute beauty by the way. You must have enjoyed that one with the left foot. Nora. Yeah. That got you out of your
2: seat, did it? Well it did. I think it was it was so good the way he used the defender to disguise to the shot it, yeah. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. From, from your favourite Jan Sommer in goal who was who was yeah. quite busy throughout. Um, but it was it was a glorious goal and I actually thought to myself could that goal even maybe not decide the tie? I think we have we, we're used to seeing um, a little bit more swashbuckling stuff in the Champions League these days compared to many many years ago. But I thought to myself it will take a piece of quality or a mistake to break this down, and of course, yeah. the second goal would. Would, would, would be well, the a second mistake. goal, as
3: you said earlier, was absolutely crucial mm. into what transpired. But I, I, I would agree with you on on the on the point that you would never have thought that would be the only goal across the two legs. But the way the game started mm. last night you could have absolutely seen that one moment of quality from Modri- Rodri be the difference in that leg. Yeah. And you go, it's nice and poised for when they go to Munich. Yeah. yeah. But as it happened, mm-hmm. um, as I said, City were able to, to to move through the gears and they were absolutely outstanding yeah. with and without the ball overall. And what's interesting is that Man City haven't, Often, actually, knocked out many giants in the knockout phase of the Champions League. I mean, it depends how you kind of interpret the phrase "giants." It's very much kind of subjective to my viewpoint, I suppose. But in recent memory, they've knocked out Real Madrid once a few years ago. They've knocked out PSG on the way to the final, mm-hmm. um, a team who have had their issues themselves getting over that hump. And that's really about it, unless you want to count uh, unless you want to count Borussia Dortmund. Other than that, they tend to come up. Short against these proper illustrious, historically big European teams in the knockout phase. I mean, mm. so this could be a big step for them because you know one nil, as as we've said, the game, you know the second leg is very very poised. Two nil, no, you think okay, you you gonna fancy them in a big way. Three goals is is dream stuff really. Yeah, I think this could be a real coming of age evening for them, providing something disastrous doesn't happen next time next time they play Munich I don't know how you feel about that but that was kind of my observation immediately after the game yeah
2: no I, I hear what you're saying to me that performance I was mentioned in statements at the start that that shows you that Manchester City when they turn it on are the best team in Europe without a doubt for my money yeah. um you know Real Madrid you know they're the holders they're a decent side but they're not that. I think a lot of people would probably have the winner of this tie would, would maybe go on and win it. Unless right. you know, if you're a if you're wary of, of experience and all, you might still go for Ancelotti or Real Madrid and if you're a little bit more romantic or a dare I even use the word hipster, you might go for Napoli. But no, But
3: you're not a hipster in any way, but you are very, very romantic. <laughs> And I think yeah, I've known you for such a long time. I, it's hard for me to think. Yeah. When when you start ending podcast episodes like you did on Monday, like, let's finish all over Pitbull.
2: Like, <laughs> Hang on. I that didn't is, say all, all <laughs> over in words you put
3: into that sentence. <laughs> it was romantic to me anyway. I felt like you were talking. I think like many listeners. Is that
2: romance? I,
3: I felt like you were speaking to me directly. Yeah dirty romance <laughs> so as as, as as the as the <laughs> Rambles premier romantic how do you feel about the whole thing so you think that Napoli have got a chance I'd like to think they do but let's be honest yeah. how often does that kind of thing actually come sure I, I think
2: Man City will will beat Napoli in the final Um, as I said when I did a tribute to um the, the late great Mystic Meg recently I said a team in sky blue We'll be lifting the Champions League this year, but yeah. but the point that I was a touching
3: was... moment for all of us who remember um, the <laughs> National Lottery program of nineteen ninety six. Yeah, there's a lot of us out there, and we felt seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, and
2: I and I will always and I will always observe those who who observed the nineties. Um, no, I think
3: people should know that no matter what content you're producing, <laughs> your heart is always firmly rooted in nineteen ninety six.
2: It was a superb year and we should exactly. I,
3: I I would just challenge our listeners, yeah. if they sometimes listen to an episode of our show and go, <laughs> okay, I didn't enjoy it as much this time around, I like the show, but today wasn't a great episode, yeah. I'll say to them, how many other fucking football shows are doing Mystic Meg tributes? <laughs> Have a word with yourself. It's the kind of quality you're getting. Yeah, absolutely right. It's the products unbelievable I do, from you. I do not know why we moved
2: on from 1996. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with regards to... Um, what were we talking about? I think we were talking about football, but anyway...
3: Napoli. You want Napoli to win the Champions League, but they won't.
2: I will. I, I, I would like that. But, but, but Manchester City, I think, are the best team in Europe. And, right. and they displayed that. But 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 tactically, Guardiola has been very, very interesting of late. He and, has. And, I want and, to talk and, about and that. He, and he really has. That. And I think, I think you know, because they had 44.6% 40, possession tonight, mm. Man City. People often talk about them... Maybe it's a little bit too—I don't want to use the word predictable—but perhaps a, maybe some people get bored of that. I, I don't know. But Bayern had, you know, considerably more possession, really, um, but yet Manchester City pounced uh, with yeah. with supreme quality. And tenacity as well. You know, the, the sort of front three, I mean, if you can call them a front three, I'm always reluctant to kind of commit to um, an opinion on, on Pep's tactics. So someone will say, well, actually, he played six up front for most of the game or whatever. Yeah,
3: boring bastards, though. Like, <laughs> virgins. Virgin. I mean,
2: yeah, it, 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 at times it was a sort of a 2-3-5 and all that kind of stuff. But 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 Grealish, Haaland and, and Silva were kind of leading the attack, I think it's sort of fair to say. Yeah. And that second goal was... Was, was superb. It changed everything. Of course it's a bad mistake, but the way it's
3: pounced upon But they targeted up a Meccano. Well exactly. That's the thing. The coherence about the coherence about how the coherence around how City have played recently with this kind of weird three, two, four, one that sometimes a back four, but Stone steps into midfield and looks really like really competent and yeah. really effective doing it. Is that's that's kind of why I feel like the coming of age shout um is is a worthy one because it seems like a system that works really, really well, and mm. it doesn't seem to be like he's still tinkering. He seems to go, right. I've settled on this now. Mm. This is what actually works. Or for and this phase of the season, astonishingly well. Yeah, and it worked astonishingly well for the big, you know, for the um, with and without the ball. Really, I mean, you talk about the second goal being crucial, which I agree with. They target up Makano, They cut off the passing lanes. They put him under pressure, um, and they kind of they kind of reap their reward. Now, even after they caught up, Grealish caught up Meccano in possession that's all very well and good and it's in a dangerous area and it's important but mm. you've got a bit of you know, they, you know Barman, you have still got a lot of other good goal uh, good players and a really good goalkeeper mm-hmm. so they still have to do some quality stuff to get the ball in the back of the net which of course they do because Grealish does that amazing back heel. Erling Haaland who if people are going to criticise Haaland, they generally say, yeah, but what does he actually do other than score goals? Which I think is ridiculous, but that's yeah. what people say. Yeah, he pulls a cross off like right on the button of immense quality. And and weirdly enough, I actually thought it was Jan Summer's worst moment. I thought he probably could have saved that. Well, he saved everything else. I know, I know what um, you
2: mean. he could have saved. Yeah, I mean, he certainly couldn't have saved the first and third goals. He was just on
3: the wrong foot, I think, and his balance was off. He, 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 he could have got a stronger hand to it, I felt like. It wasn't a brilliant header, I didn't think. People yeah. said it was, but I don't think it was.
2: But it's interesting that he played Bernardo Silva because... You he know, was excellent, by the way. Yeah, he, 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 he was. I mean, they they they, <laughs> they won this game without Mares and Foden appearing. I know, um, I think one, one of them's injured, but it shows you the strength and depth they had. And, and, and if we can focus on Jack Grealish for a moment, you know... I mean, he now is playing in all the big games. He's starting, and he has been absolutely superb for Manchester City in in, in recent weeks. He's he's he talked about sort of adding goals and assists and big moments. And okay, fair enough, he didn't score tonight, but he is there. And and it's, it's I mean, I this is Guardiola. You know, he said recently, didn't he, when he was. Um, when he was a little bit critical of Carl Walker and he said no one has a guarantee under me everyone has to earn their places and Greenwich is signed for 100 million pounds and is largely put on the bench i don't think there's another football club in the world that that would but that would, would, would have the goal i don't know if it's goal would have the would would allow the manager to do that and that all be a part of yeah we're going to buy him for 100 million and we'll bed him in for a season and then the following yeah. season we'll will 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 have him and in fact, not even the full full season. The second half of the second season.
3: Yeah, but Guado demands so much of his players. There's so, so much information to take in. Yeah, has even said himself, it's taken him ages to get up to speed, and now and now he's there. And that's another reason why to loop back around to that formation um, conversation. I know listeners to this show don't necessarily want to hear us talk about tactics all night, but but it, that's another reason why that 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 shape is so good because it gets the best out of someone like Grulish. It gets the best out of. Um, the intelligent players who can adopt that kind of back four to a back three transition, like Ake and um, Stones and um, Diaz. Mm. And then it gets the best out of a, a kind of a nominal front three, as you would say. And it also gets the most out of Gunduan and De Bruyne, it seems, as well. And, and I think, do you know what, actually, this game as well, one point I want to make about this game is that you know, we've been fortunate enough to go live to big games before. Mm. And, you know, what they can be like is they can be of such high quality. I remember when you and I went to the Madrid derby at the Bernabeu a few oh, years ago yeah. and it was when Atletico were a really good side as well. Like they were right up there under Simeone and, and the game to me felt like it was almost like a piece of choreograph theatre. I know what you mean, yeah. The shape and the movement, the players know yeah. exactly what they're doing and when. It's all very technically good and it almost ends up watching it's basically like watching a ballet, mm. right? And and yeah. the first up until the first goal
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think this game was a bit like that. It was very high quality, two really good teams back and forth, back and forth. And it had almost this almost metronomic feel to it. But then what's great about football is that these really crucial events can happen that can really change things and then you start to go, oh, right, the players are human beings yeah. and Upper McConaughey can make a mistake or Roger can do a Mr Whippy from 30 yards <laughs> out and, and the whole thing is like, shit, we're back in the room again. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. can, it, and at the very highest level, particularly in the latter stages of the Champions League, it can feel like that sometimes, whereas the human element was brought by mistakes and big moments and that's why I think it was such an enjoyable game to watch.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, you have a go at me for 90s references, Mr Whippy.
3: Well, you always used to call that kind of goal Mr. Whippy, and you can get a Mr. Whippy now if you want it. Founded nice in 1958,
2: Mr. Whippy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen.
3: Yeah, but okay, you can I'm still get is,
2: a Mr. Whippy now. What I'm saying is, when I say "come with me to 1996," it's a lot more recent than some of the other stuff you might. Hear. Yeah,
3: but could I, could I just say, when we were kids, it was quite a hard skill to be able to curl the ball. Yeah, and if if someone could curl it even a bit, you'd call it a Mr. Whippy. Yeah, no, no, I'm, look, I'm all on
2: board with that. I'm just, you know
3: just giving a little fact
2: is is all I'm saying <laughs> um, speaking of Jack Grealish uh, Stuart Pearce said this about uh, the Brummy Man he said about Grealish I have to remind you this is about Jack Grealish because Pearce said he's like a tax haven you know where you Careful. keep your money you put your money in Switzerland, and you know full well that money is not leaving Switzerland. It just sticks there, doesn't it? With all the bullion and fine art you've got, he's like that. He is the Switzerland of this team. May I ask for a uh, a, a, a random inquiry into Stuart Pearce's? Uh, Can I just deal? say, am I the
3: only one? Am I the only person that got like Nazi undertones from that? <laughs> Well, I, I Is that, what are you trying to say, Stuart?
2: I'll call for the investigation. They might find, they might find a lot more than what they bargained for.
3: It's like when, if Stuart Pearce starts off a statement mm. about a player like Jack Reeves and says, he's like a tax haven. My ears prick up. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away. I'm, I'm strapping myself in for the long haul here. Yeah, yeah. Was there a, a certain uh, former Premier League manager sat in the studio <laughs> with him? I, I will leave it as vague let's, as that. Let's see how much we can go here. see how far we can go. <laughs> Without producer Finn, he's already having a pretty busy week, yeah. by the sounds of people listening mm. on Monday, uh, before he has to intervene. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think he's talking about keeping the ball, isn't he? He, he is. must be keeping talking about keeping yeah. the ball. Um, it, I mean, yeah, Grealish is, 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 is a joy to watch, as, as as we as we said. And, you know, he's, he's added industry to his game. I was concerned when he went there that the... the the Maverick Jack Grealish that we saw at Aston Villa and really enjoyed in Aston Villa colours, he would maybe be a little bit lost, but I'm enjoying watching Grealish again at the same level of enjoyment, but it is a different type of performance that we're seeing.
3: Yeah, it is, and it's, it needs to be because you can't think of a of a more different situation than the process that Grealish has had to go through from going from Aston Villa to Man City because he's only ever played for Aston Villa. He's a he's a he's an Aston Villa boy through and through. He's a talismanic player for them. You know, they get relegated and he's still there in the championship doing it and that everyone would look to him all the time. And you know, and I know we're going to come on and talk about Dean Smith in a bit a bit later on, but you were saying to me on the phone I think it was earlier, you were saying, you know, how much of all that stuff that Dean Smith did at Villa has got you know, Jack Grealish name written on it. Well, some of it has because everyone looked at him all the time. He was the talisman there. To him to go from there to, to Man City where you're almost, you know, you are going to become hopefully a key cog in the most impressive machine in European football, arguably. Mm. But you're still only going to be a cog. And yeah. it may even be a cog <laughs> that's not going to be used very often and you've got to make that transition. You've almost got to completely change your mindset of mm. how you approach the game. Because Grealish would have been used to being the standout player at every age group at Villa and then in the first team. And so, and that's probably why you kind of, you maybe feel like he might have taking it a bit slow when he first broke into the England squad as well I mean he broke into the England squad because the public were basically demanding it (laughs) and then he has to go and settle into another system there as well so it's not a surprise but it's great to see him doing well because he's so good without the ball he works so hard and when he gets the ball he's able to produce quality whether it be drawing a foul or playing a pass or taking a player on that a lot you know, nine times out of ten, he actually produces something positive. He's a positive, effective player. It's yeah. great to watch. It's yeah. great to watch.
2: You said he only played for Aston Villa before Man City. Disrespectful to his loan spell at Notts County there. but we'll, we'll, we'll Sorry I forgot
3: that. that. I'm sorry to all the Notts County fans listening to this. I, I didn't, genuinely didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> my, my knowledge is not complete. <laughs> anyone who's listened to me for a long time will know. I'm an old romantic at heart.
2: I think you are a dirty romantic. Um, um, let's have a word on Thomas Tuchel. Uh, of course uh, has has been in many duels with uh, Pep Guardiola of course Tuchel post-match said I fell in love with my team a little today the way they performed even if it sounds strange that was a lot of fun
3: huh that's interesting yeah I think he's got
2: to say something to, to pick them up and you know if he just goes yeah we were battered beaten by the better side Blah, blah 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 that you know I, how much players listen to their managers post match comments especially if it's I in a different language do, yeah who, who knows but i think he's got to kind of send a, 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 some sort of positive message if you see what i mean because there is a second leg to play and we've seen in in a few ties in recent years that big deficits have been overturned. I mean, the obvious one that we remember in this country is um, when Barcelona went to Liverpool and we remember how that tie ended in the first leg. Messi scored one of the greatest free kicks you'll ever see and yeah. it looked like that was the final nail in the coffin. Liverpool without key players that night, which makes it even more unlikely. And of course, they did that. Now, I know that's Anfield and and that was that Liverpool side, but but Bayern Munich have, have done a few... Uh, good things themselves in their in their in their recent history. That's their motto, actually. Yeah, we've done uh, a few good things. We've ourselves. done a few good
3: things ourselves. <laughs> uh, dear, a few good yeah.
2: things can only get better. Yeah. And um,
3: there's the reference again. Uh, I, um, can I can I come in on the Thomas Tuchel thing because I Please. think he's in a really interesting position because of course Nagelsmann loses his job mm. in a weird set of circumstances. It seems even for Germany and. Um, and Tuchel comes in as, you know, a recent Champions League winner whose stock is pretty high. Mm-hmm. I don't personally believe that anyone, any manager's reputation suffers having been fired from Chelsea for all the obvious reasons. So his stock's pretty high. They seem to want him. They go after him. They get him. Because of the timing, he's on a bit of a free hit, really. As much of a free hit as you're going to get from Bayern Munich. Um, but I do think, interestingly, you're right to bring up this kind of almost Champions League tradition now where... Semi-regularly, there appears to be like a really dramatic kind of two-legged mm-hmm. affair somewhere in the competition, right? And you've mentioned one there with Liverpool-Barcelona. There's there's countless others.
2: And we don't have away goals as well.
3: Away goals are gone, Yeah, which wouldn't... We're going to it it would go in Bayern's favour. Yeah, so I guess the point I just wanted to make off the back of that was just that if Bayern score early, mm. it could get interesting. Yeah. Because you then, you then start to see... Do you really start to wonder if Pep's gonna, you know, go crazy? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Tuchel tried to make him go crazy by bringing on Joao Cancelo for absolutely no reason that late was on naughty. that game, <laughs> and he I got lo- I loved the pitch as well, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't affect him. So maybe you can try and get under his skin somehow, somewhere else. And um, if they can score early, which is entirely possible, if he Munich. plays
2: Joao Cancelo as a false nine against Man City, yeah. Captain, C- come on! Give him the arm. That a Pep will just look at that. Pep will make three substitutions within the first twenty minutes, <laughs> yeah. and it'll all be gone. He should, yeah. he should, he, I'm telling you, if he does that, they go through.
3: The only way by a minute he can go through is to get into his head, and his head is it, eminently getterinable for a yeah. manager so good. So it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, but realistically, I just don't. I just don't think just
2: yeah, I Yeah, I think. I think it's unlikely. Thomas Tuchel um, said ahead of this match that. Him and Guardiola once sat down to have dinner many, many years ago when, when Tuchel was the, the more um, young pretender and so on. And he said over the years after he'd beaten him a few times, he, he wasn't as friendly and so on. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, Thomas, I bet you got an invite for dinner last night, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> after the game.
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. I want to thank everyone, but the main person I want to—the th- main person that I want to
3: thank—is Bernardo Silva for coming off in the 70th minute because he was miles off it yesterday.
2: And the other side of the draw—we've um, we've seen the first game. Uh, there, Inter beat Benfica 2-0 in Lisbon, which is a huge win for Inter. I mean, that really puts them in pole position. Box seat now, yeah, definitely. And of course, if they were to win that game, then we're guaranteed an Italian side. In the final of the Champions League, which is something that we haven't seen um, for... I, I suddenly got into this sentence and I thought, I, when, when was the
3: last yeah, It would have been 2017 when I lost 4-1 to Real Madrid, Exactly,
2: right? in, in yeah. Cardiff, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been a few years. For a league with such pedigree and so on, you know, if you'd have said it'll be six years until you, you see another side from this country in the final, you, you, you wouldn't believe it. But, but there will be a side in there. But you
3: have to believe it. You have to. Because it's happened.
2: It is happening. It is happening. I'd like to finish with some Premier League chat, Luke Moore, okay. if I may.
3: You don't want to talk about the 1996 Champions League final, no?
2: Uh, well, that featured Juventus as well. Exactly, being, that's being, why I was mentioning it. Being Ajax on penalties, I believe. They
3: did, they beat them 4-2 on penalties after a one-all draw. Do you know who sc- was the score as well? If we're going to do 1996, let's do it properly. The uh, two scorers are classic 90s players. Got, well,
2: Yari Lippmann scored for Ajax. He did. and uh, And for Juventus... I want to say it was Fabrizio Ravanelli.
3: You're absolutely spot on. Is that right? Go to the, go to, the go to the top of the class, and that got um, him. his
2: move to Middlesbrough, of course.
3: An enjoyable front three from Juventus that evening: Del Piero, from, of Ravanelli, Viarelli, and Del Piero. The yeah. late great Viali and then and then Del Piero. Anyway, we digress. Premier League. Carry on. <laughs> we we did. last time Juventus won the Champions League, by the way. Um,
2: right, uh, Manchester City. They play Leicester on Saturday, and of course, uh, yesterday. yesterday uh, Leicester Day. Dean Smith was named uh, Leicester City <laughs> boss. I don't think
3: they'd like to it to be called <laughs> that. Leicester like, yeah. Day. Like like everything good's happened to them has happened in the past. Yeah. which may be true. Well, at
2: least we could say recent past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dean Smith will be will be the Leicester City boss until the end of the season, um, mm. at least. Who knows if they um, if they keep him on there? So his appointment means uh, there are currently five interim managers. At Premier League clubs, the good news for Leicester City is that John Terry will be a part of his coaching staff.
3: What do Ooh, you think? Me. I of can this... breathe easy again. <laughs> what,
2: what do you think of this move, Luke? Considering the terrible situation Leicester are in, they're in the relegation zone. They've been very, very poor. One of the, the poorest sides in terms of form, without a doubt. Yeah, since the World Cup, Rogers has gone. They need something, and they've appointed Dean Smith.
3: Yeah, poor old brother, Mm. Um, He'll be fine. I I think I wouldn't be too hasty to write it off as a poor appointment as a lot of other people have kind of instantly. And I understand why they have, because obviously he's not the first choice. They wanted Potter, then apparently they wanted Marsh, and that didn't work out for whatever reason. And now they've hired Smith on a short-term basis, which does seem a bit strange, because I guess from Dean Smith's point of view, it's again, maybe a bit of a, a free hit for him. Uh, I, the, people have said already that they're going to go after Potter again in the summer. I guess Potter said to them, Give me a bit of time to rest and I'll have a look at it again in the summer. Mm-hmm. And Smith's obviously taken this opportunity eyes open, knowing it's a short term thing. But the reason I wouldn't write it off too much is because, you know, look, I understand that you know, his most recent. Stint was at Norwich, and and he wasn't very popular with the fans because of the, you know, the style of play. And then, he, and then he started saying some odd things, like, remember one particular game, it might have been even been the final game before he was sacked, um, the, the fans were booing. And he said something like, oh, in my opinion, the fans are just waiting for and maybe even wanting this kind of thing to happen just so they can boo, um, which is an odd thing to do to take on your own fan base. Maybe mm-hmm. he just knew his time was up by then. But... If you look at what Dean Smith did at Villa, Mm -hmm. he takes them up, he kept them up. They finished 11th under him with 55 points Mm -hmm. and the joint best defence in the bottom half for a promoted Mm -hmm. club. Mm -hmm. 55 points this season will get you probably top half, you know, for for perspective. They got to a League Cup final as well, which they lost to City. And then they had the whole COVID thing. And then he also had to deal with the sale of Grealish. And he was sacked in November of that season, with Villa in 17th after five straight defeats. But it was November, right? So, yeah, a lot could have happened. I don't actually think his reputation is it should be as quite as low as it is. And I think partly it's because he's got big, kind of your mate's dad energy and looks a little bit like he's a bit basic. But I don't know if that's definitely the case.
2: I think if I was a Leicester City fan, I would find that appointment a little underwhelming. However, who else are you going to get? They tried to get other managers and they couldn't get him. Exactly. Who else are you. Yeah, so they went for Potter, but I mean, Potter, like, he comes in. Potter has. I don't think Potter would have been the right appointment if you're just trying to stay in the league. If you were thinking, okay, we go down to the Championship and then we want to come back up. I don't think Potter would be interested in that because he's just managed Chelsea and his Brighton side, before. before you know, when they were his Brighton side. Were, were really, you know, doing very, very, very well. I mean, I know they've gone an, um, an extra level under De but Potter put a lot of the foundations in. So I don't think he's interested in going back down to the championship. In eight games, can he get his philosophy and his style over to those players? Perhaps not. So I don't think that would have been a great appointment. Is
3: this all building up to you saying they should get Martin O'Neill back? Oh, Because that was 1996 again. Was it really? He, he managed them from ninety five to 2000, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I think I would have loved Martin O'Neill to go back there because I'm an old <laughs> well, they'll romantic. Leak up twice, you know exactly, exactly. and and we know that they've enjoyed recent trophy wins, but uh, you you need someone to someone to come in there and do a job very very quickly. And I think a lot of managers wouldn't fancy that. I don't think even old Sam Allardyce would have taken it if he was offered. So
3: so you started to mention Sam Allardyce, so I'm legally allowed to interrupt. Have you... you, So would you think that if they'd waited till now to approach Potter for the first time, do you think he still would have said no for those reasons you just said? Well, if if they'd have because you know they went for Potter basically before Rodgers even left the car park as we said last week <laughs> if they had only contacted him for the first time today yeah. as in a bit of room for him to get over the Chelsea yeah, no, maybe, I, I, I don't, he think, still he's don't think he will because he, he, he doesn't want to imagine the Chelsea no I, I,
2: don't, I, don't, I, don't think so. I don't think so I mean you think about when you know, Marcelo Bielsa turned down Everton earlier in the season because they wouldn't give him his request to coach the under 21s until the summer Instead of the actual senior team, you know, it's know refreshingly
3: it's, bizarre. Some but also some familiar.
2: People, some people like a long run up at things, uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 I, I, perhaps not that long, but I just think eight games, you've you've got to hit the ground running. You've got to. And they've
3: got Man City first, as you said, which is not an easy task.
2: It's not an easy task at all. So I, I don't know. I wonder who they took advice from. Um, was it Todd Bolses? Did they ask a, 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 a an exiled? English celebrity, I don't know.
3: You haven't another run up at this James Corden thing, are you?
2: Well, it was only because I saw um, your friend of mine and Andy's favourite, Gary Cottrell, (laughs) asking Frank Lampard if there was any truth that Todd Bowley took advice from James (laughs) Corden to hire him.
3: Do you know what I don't get about this? Presumably Gary Cottrell has worked really hard to get into the position (laughs) he's in now, and he's just happy just to shit all over his own work,
2: publicly, (laughs) over
3: and over again.
2: You know those videos... I think you probably get um, a lot of like youtubers do now, but but you certainly get them on sometimes with like chat shows and stuff where they the chat show host will ha- like have a celebrity with an earpiece in, and they' yeah. tell them yeah. to do stuff, yeah who's telling Cottrell to to say stuff
3: <laughs> <It's> Gordon? <laughs> But it could be Corden because it's like really awkward yeah. and it's also not very funny. And he is a chat show host, yeah. Yeah, so it could be called Yeah, that does And, 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 and I'll tell you something, Cottrell, you've got to go some to not mm. even get a polite chuckle out of Frank Lampard, who laughs and makes a joke at every question he's asked, yep. famously. Yep. He just flat batted it away. I'm not sure. I'm not aware of that. Mm. That's all you're going to get from me. Yeah, I mean, Cottrell, like, the thing that's annoying about the Cottrell situation mm. is that those kind of press conferences, for a Champions League Game against Real Madrid, mm. and there's probably people in that press room who would really love to get a chance to ask a question. Who would work really hard for it and get something good out of it, and then Cottrell's in there just fucking sh- absolutely shitting himself, like soiling himself, like throwing like throwing shit around like a fucking monkey at the zoo. You know, and people have got to just wait there and listen because everyone's there. It's not even like it's one on one; like it's, everyone's there, fucking sitting through it. What?
2: What would you rather? Stuck in a lift with James Corden, who's asking you questions. He's pretending he's on a chat show with you, yeah. right? And he's the host, obviously. Me, me or, and Corden
3: in one lift, two quite big men. <laughs> big already, I'm uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> or you're stuck in a lift with Cottrell, who's, who's asking you questions as if you're a Premier League manager.
3: No, I think I can overpower Cottrell. I well, think physically. I can say to Cottrell, before he even goes to say anything, shut up, shut shut up. <laughs> keep it shut. Or, um, I'm going to the 14th floor, keep it shut. And then, and James Corden starts singing a lot. Corden just laughs all over the top of me. Be singing, yeah. Get, I mean, I like a sing song. You, but you not do, the but he's
2: singing over you. Who are you choosing?
3: I choose Cottrell. <laughs> because I'd, I'd get his arm, I'd twist right. it behind his back, and I would say, "Shut up."
2: Great. Here we are. Just before we go, everybody, it's time for another bonus edition of Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Oh, they'll be
3: delighted with that segue.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
3: Select from the most popular pre-made football
2: (laughs) pet builders using Betfair's handy app. I'll wrestle with
3: Gary Cottrell.
2: (laughs) You can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. Right, Luke and I are going to have a crack at Real Madrid versus Chelsea, which is tonight, of course, uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea, thanks to James Corden. Luke, far away.
3: Um, I'm going to go for, this is one for the heads. So I'm going to go for over two and a half goals and there'll Mm. be goals in the game. So uh, effectively three goals or more. Uh, And I think that's, Pretty solid, but here you'll like this one. My right. second choice is Luka Modric uh-huh. to attempt 70 or more passes. Oh. I saw that bet available and I thought I am having a bit of that. The like evergreen that. Really. Luka Modric is definitely going to do that, and I, I so that's de- my selection basically. So over two and a half goals in the game, and Luka Modric to attempt 70 or more passes.
2: You think he's going to have a field day against uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea's midfield?
3: Well, I think that Fernandes has been absolutely outstanding. So mm. that's possible. And Kante, you know, when Chelsea won the Champions League, Kante was man of the match in the final. So he's up against it. But, I mean, he's just class. He's a class act. Yeah. And I think he'll, he'll definitely have enough of the ball, in my view. Well, I'm
2: going to go for Kalidou Koulibaly to be shown a card.
3: Oh, he's got that in him.
2: Oh, yes. And Real Madrid to win unsurprisingly. Okay.
3: Yes,
2: nice. So uh, so you've gone over 2.5 goals, Luka Modric to attempt 70 or more passes, Kalidou Koulibaly to be shown a card because uh, yeah, I think they will get overrun at times and uh, the odd tackle may fly in there. And Real Madrid to win because clearly they are the favorites and 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 the home advantage I think will will be um uh, a factor as well. So a £5 bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns £86.75. pence. And if we win all that money, we'll go to Prostate Cancer UK. We will be back with another round of Betfair's popular bet builder on tomorrow's Ramble Reacts, exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook. T's and C's apply. Over 18s only. And for more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. So thank you very much for listening to today's Ramble reacts a Ramble reacts to Chelsea's trip to the Bernabeu will be in your ears tomorrow followed by on the continent with Nicky Bandini who will be speaking from Milan after watching AC Milan's clash with Napoli
3: Should yeah. be a good one it'd be great and can I just interject before you finally take us out by saying that um, I, I don't necessarily want to arm wrestle Gary Cotterall <laughs> I don't know him personally I'm sure he's a lovely man and his family love him and all that I just don't like his output And while I don't necessarily wish him any harm, Mm. I don't either really want to see him succeed. (laughs) It's all about absolutely clear.
2: Yeah, I think it's very honourable of you to uh, to say that. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and YouTube, at at Football Ramble. (laughs) And remember to subscribe on your podcast app. There we are, uh, everybody. Uh, An absolute pleasure. Thank you,
3: Luke. Thank you very much. It's been, it's been great. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again soon.
2: Thank you, Gary Cottrell. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: The Football Ramble is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com retail23. Shopify.com retail23.